is Boss Larry coming at you with the Diesel Powered Podcast. Uh, Big Daddy Cool and Mysterious John Warford's absent tonight. They're out roaming around doing who knows what. But you know what? Boss Larry's with you tonight. And we're going to have a grand time. And with me in the virtual boardroom is a special Daisy O'Dare. Good evening, boss. How you doing? I'm <laughs> doing great. Doing great. Fantastic. And the man behind the scene, the man that's making this all possible, he's helping us surf the interwebs, uh, one and only, Tim Randall. Want to say hi, Tim? Good evening, folks. Pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Great to have you. Uh, we're going to have a pretty good show tonight. Uh, we're going to have some fun. A lot of several interesting things going on. And, uh, I'd say, uh, so Daisy, how's it going? You doing okay? Things have been uh, going good here. They've been a little quiet in my little diesel punk world in the past uh, month or so. But, uh, you know, they're going to be heating up again come November and December. Uh, I hope the weather will be cooling down soon because I'm uh, about ready to roast. It got up to the 90s today. That's a little ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a little warmish here in the... Uh... Here in North Central Texas, too. We've been spoiled by a few days of uh, upper 70s and low 80s for nice and comfy. And now today we started to inch back up around the 90 degree or so. Falls has kind of withered on the vine around here. Yeah. Well, I've always but, been uh, I've always been one of those people who likes to check the weather. Because, you know, I'm a fly gal. i got to see how it's going before I take the plane up there. And uh, just this week, I actually got trained, and I'm officially a, a trained spotter for the National Weather Service. Oh, that's fantastic. Okie dokie. Well, I'll tell you what, let's get into the uh, some of the things going on. Uh, one thing that stood out to me is for television news. Uh, we've got uh, PBS is... Uh, Active, active, active in diesel error production. Uh, we oh, yeah. Got, yeah. Uh, of course, it's mostly BBC stuff that's bringing over across, across the pond, but uh, they're really kicking it out. There's a, a two series going right now, Indian Summer, which is set in the 1930s in India, uh, focusing on uh, British citizens, and there is Home Fires, which takes which starts out in 1939 in England with the threat of uh, a Second World War hanging on the, uh, hanging in the air, and the build-up to the war, and it's going to take us through the war, uh, how they, ha how the, mostly the women of that time handled it. I don't know if you've you had a chance to see any of these. Have you had a chance to see any of these, uh, Daisy? I haven't had a chance to see them. I haven't watched a lot of TV lately, but uh, thank you for letting me know about them. Because uh, a while back, a couple of years back, I think um, there was a British program on PBS. Uh, it was in the lines of, um, along the same lines of, the, you know, those programs, Frontier House and Manor House, where they take modern family and have them live in the conditions that they would have lived in in the past. They had, they had one with a British family from the modern times, and they put them in a situation like what a family uh, 
like them would have gone through during World War II, and that was a fascinating program. So uh, I'd like to see that. That one's called Home Fires, you said? Yeah, this is all on Mass Street Theater. Uh, I remember the one you're talking about. That was really, really good. The family simply it couldn't handle it. Um, he got to go off to work every day, and, but the women were stuck home. The uh, mother and daughter were stuck home. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and they just they couldn't handle the um, all the restrictions that were placed on them by society, and uh, so that was fascinating. These are very interesting. I've got I didn't haven't got a chance to see any of summer. Two episodes of show. The premiere of Home Fires showed last Sunday, and I've seen Home Fires. I've DVD the DVR the other two. Home Fire it's a it's like a lot of British production. It's not fast-paced. Uh, it's a little slow, almost soap opera. Uh, or dealing with uh, which was was very And uh, I expect it's going to get a, a class level. It's going to, I think, it's going to be interesting. It's sort of picking up midway through the episode. And of okay. course, this season we have the last season of Down Abbey. Yes. Uh, wrap up this season. Uh, so that promises to be interesting. Uh, so Masterpiece uh, Theater specifically is uh, putting out a lot of wood, uh, the diesel era right now. Yeah, now speaking of those um, PBS productions, um, this is more of a mystery thing, but I think uh, a week or so back, Johnny posted how he'd started watching some of the old Poirot series that they used to have on PBS, and that was a big favorite in our household, too, so uh, makes me want to start watching that again, because he's a popular Diesel-era detective, you know. I, I agree, and I have, uh, the one that has kind of set to me the character of Crow in my mind. Uh, yeah. Anytime I read them, or every time I watch some alternative production of a Agatha Christie novel about Crow. <laughs> what are you doing? If it's not the same actor, I just it just doesn't jive with me. He, it's just he iconic. Is. Yeah, he is, and uh, that is a fantastic, fantastic series. I have a few of them. Uh, there was a time that they had on A and E, and you can still get some of them on DVD. I posted these, and of course, there's that wonderful, iconic, very Art Deco opening. Oh yeah, with the train and the the whole Art Deco look. I agree. That's a great program. Yeah, there was one I uh, watched about a year or so ago because I found out uh, an actor that, okay, well, an actor that I've had a crush on for like 20 years was in it. And so I had to see that one. The uh, cards on the table. And um, the guy in it was Alexander Siddig, who we know originally from Star Trek hey. Space Nine. He oh. played, well, I'm not going to ruin the story, but... Uh, he figured heavily into hey. the plot, shall uh -huh. we say. And uh, so I always try to watch something if he's in it. And, uh, of course, I love watching the Poro series and the films. It's He's an institution in our house. I remember my dad watching him when I was little, and I'm still watching him now. So some of these Space uh, Nine characters went on to make some Diesel-era productions. Uh, uh, Obie, who played Chief O'Brien. Yeah. Space Nine and Next Generation. Uh, he went on and appeared in a BBC production, the first one with Hugh Grant, 
the first one that Hugh Grant appeared in, uh, the Englishman who went up the hill but came down. Yes. Now, you I've know seen, what? I love it. It's a great little, it's a, a sweet romantic uh, comedy, I would say. And yeah. uh, I love it. And of course, Cole Meany was in it. Uh, and of course, as we both know, it's Diesel Air. It's very good. I think, folks, if you haven't seen The Englishman Who Went Up the Hill But Came on a Mountain, I uh, highly recommend it. And our uh, Deep Space Nine Diesel Era connection is uh, Nana Visitor, played uh, Major Kira. She's uh, appeared on um, Broadway as uh, Velma in Chicago, which is one of my favorite Broadway shows. I didn't because know she did that. She was Velma in Chicago. Wow. I love that, too. I love that. I saw uh, when they did a uh, the Dallas Theater uh, put on uh, a live production of Chicago. And, well, I uh, absolutely love Chicago because it's just oh, you know, it's not only set in my my historical home era, if you will, but it also has you know all these amazing numbers for women to sing and all these strong ladies and kind of scary ladies, but. <laughs> Well, it's very decent. Uh, very much. Uh, there's some who insist Diesel Punk has to be sci-fi, and you've probably heard me talk about that. The uh, punk is definitely there. The punk is there. Leaving aside the fantasy sequences of the dances, which are fantasy, and that's to me added a fiction out right there, you got it. It's the punk in the show. There's, it's, you know, it, the anti-hero. It's an anti-hero movie. There's only two characters right. in the movie, I've always said, it's worth a bucket of warm spit. And uh, that was uh, the husband saying, uh, Mrs. Cellophane. I can't think of his character's name right now. Uh, Amos, I think is his name. Okay. Saying the song, Mr. Cellophane. He gets so used at all in the movie, then used mm -hmm. at the end of the film. And then the Russian or Ukrainian right. ballerina who is also on Murderous Row. Right. And she's the only one of the girls that dies, but she's innocent. Yeah. And yeah, so, the good die young kind of in that movie, but everybody who's crap, <laughs> ethically, wins. In yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so, and, and by the time in the movie, you're, you're falling and you're dancing right along and you're happy that these two murderers uh, are now Broadway hits. Yeah, I think uh, the most visible look of terror I've ever seen on somebody's face is when uh, my cousin, a just cousin, were traveling together and someone had brought the Chicago soundtrack and this cousin was the only guy in the car and he was just kind of silently staring into the distance as all the rest of us sang the cell block tango. Yeah. Hey Tim, you got uh, something? Uh, you got something you maybe could add? Uh, see, I, you gotta start talking about one of my favorite musicals and one of my favorite musical movies here, Chicago. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Cellophane, Amos, was probably one of the most beautifully written characters in that movie. It was. Because he was. He was innocent, but yet he was jaded at the same time. And, like it, and it really made you, it made you love to hate him. <laughs> it really he did. Was a, it was, and a powerful character. Oh, very powerful. 
very very powerful and, and it's and as you were saying that that act that you know the 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 evil and the immorally the the immoral valued people you know all prospered from this and, and they all came out successful and the people who were innocent were just cast away to the side it's almost like life or, or art imitating life as we see it now because if you look at yeah. now that's what, that's what happens now all these people who are greedy and evil and you know will step on the little guy to get ahead are all the successful people and the people who are good innocent are just cast away like yesterday's mm -hmm. newspaper sure and that was one of the geniuses of the movie is with all of that, at the by the time it's two thirds of the way in, if even that far, the ones that should be going to jail, the murder and the and the corrupt uh, Lord and uh, all the fishing for, they're hoping that they're going to win, and then at the end, you're all laughing along uh, with you know with Roxy, Roxy and uh, Velma, Velma. Roxy and Bella, you know, as they're uh, dancing on stage, you know. Uh, so it's, it's truly an anti-hero play That's and movie right. based on a novel that was uh, around that time or a little later, which was roughly based on at least one of the women that was a historical character. I think it was Delma. I, be I believe it was. You know, I love that movie so much that I actually had to buy two copies First, when it came out, I bought the one-disc copy, and then probably about a year ago, maybe two years ago, I found the two-disc version of that movie, two-disc DVD version of that movie. Wow, so two-disc, the second-disc, did it have a bunch of extras? It had a bunch of extras. It had uh, deleted musical numbers, commentaries, deleted scenes, uh, a lot of the behind-the-scenes footage behind the scenes of the dance numbers. It was just, I'm telling you, if you have a chance, find if you find it, uh, it's an awesome, awesome two disc. Yeah. Sounds like something I need to find. Sounds like it. It's a great, um, it's a great introduction for individuals. I think if you're going to talk to them about what Beats of Punk is, especially if it's someone that you know, not by, not by fantasy person. Right. To me, that one, you can to say, look, Here's a great piece of punk movie, Chicago. Exactly, because it's got all the elements. I think it does. It has what we call decadence, meaning that it has that, it's literally set during the 1920s. Not just the feel of it, it's literally set in the era. It's contemporary. The movie, the play, and the movie was all post that era. And like you correctly pointed out, so well. It has the pump, the T-Hero uh, theme that runs through it, much less the musical sequences. Yeah, the countercultural. What we say, the three big elements of diesel punk. we got to have the decadence. It's got to be current in origin, or at least after the diesel era in origin. And it has to have a countercultural or anti-hero. I think uh, we were ordered to uh, give a refresher of diesel punk, weren't we? Well, you know, yeah, that's kind of in order, and I, this is a great and example. And we just did. Right? 
Yeah, exactly. And uh, to compare this to another movie that is diesel, Eric Murray, and musical, an opposite sound of music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By definition, once you consider diesel punk, I tend, I guess I wouldn't fault anybody for doing so because it has those components. I don't think of it as diesel punk. I don't expect my list Not of really. diesel punk movies because it seems to lack the irreverence, the counterculture, the twisting, the spinning. It plays it so safe. Right. We think safe. Um, that there's no bit of edge or irreverence to it at all. And so I guess actually it has, I think what's missing in it is the punk. Like, uh, it's still so, Diesel era. Yeah, it has two, or I could say component. Some would say, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the name, Garland, you know, freaking in the song, like you sing to heal the alive. Uh, and, you know, uh, orchestra playing behind her, it's fantasy, yeah. Right. So, yeah, I, I would say, I wouldn't say anything. You know, another uh, era, and it could technically, under our definition, it would fall under diesel punk, is a cabaret. Yeah, uh, well, you know, that's very good. You got uh, the diesel era, the decadence, the counterculture, and the, uh, it was, a. Uh, Created after the era was done, but well, I'd say know, it's more historical, though, wouldn't you? I, I think so too. Again, that's yeah. another one where I try to see the punk. Now I've seen some diesel production of right. cabaret. Again, Dallas had one, and the uh, um, I can't think of the name. It was played by Joel Gray. Uh, the MC. MC. Ah, thank you, thank you, baby. Uh, the MC in the play was—he was not in period era costume. It was much more, uh, much more contemporary, almost jazz. But he had this top hat, and he was very mysterious, almost spooky. And he would just kind of hang around in the shadows. When he wasn't dancing, it really was almost a diesel punk production uh, because there was almost a temporary updating and a fantasy element added to it. Really, very good by the low production. And so, hey, this, this is great stuff. I mean, really enjoying it. And I think you're right. I think this kind of hits upon a little bit what, you know, what is diesel punk? That threefold definition. I think that's it, and that was a good example of some other Steampunk productions that might normally not be thought of. You're right, uh, you're right. That could be a way to introduce people to Diesel Punk who are really into the whole sci-fi thing, back the whole fantasy thing, as you were saying. Yeah, one might question. I could think Honey and Walker does, too. I want to know your thoughts about it. Before, you know. The movie? Yeah. And, of course, there's the musical now. Oh, um, I haven't seen the musical. We'll I haven't heard of it. Uh, uh, well, I know I would, a Christmas. I would say it's diesel punk. A Christmas story. It was based on a memoir that someone who had lived through that time had written, though. So I'm not sure if it was really, if you could really say it's contemporarily made because he is writing his memories from the past. I don't know. What do you think about that? 
a cool thought. Good question. Uh, the movie itself, though, I think, because it's based on the novel In God We Trust, All Other Pay Cash. I love that title. Um, it's based on, yeah, it's based on a novel, and like you said, I think it is based on some memories. But the fantasy was his, uh, I think it's enough fantasy and irreverence to it. I've long considered it these um, I guess you I could say that, yeah. Yeah, the irreverence. It's not your, it's not your Ozzy and Harriet, uh, Mickey Rooney type of, uh, view of the, uh, family life. It kind of has what you said the sound of music might have been lacking. I think so. Yeah, Tim, I think you said that you thought maybe it had... Uh, I, I, I thought it was very... It had the anti-hero. It had the, you know, the... the it had the... The... Okay, I forget what you guys just said. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you said fine. Well, it has the dad yeah. who... Uh, the, Vanity that hangs in the yes. air. Yes. Uh, and it had, it had the. Feel. I mean, that sense. Yeah, in that sense, it went from fantasy to keeping it real. As uh, I've heard, you know, like young people like to say, because uh, we all, okay, all of us have that dad or that uncle who could wear like a. Oh yeah. of it myself, so I'm sure my daughter could say the same thing. And but again, you would have never had that in a Mickey Rooney. You know, come on, let's put on hey, let's have a show. Nope, nope. Let's have a show. Williams the board. Wouldn't have had that. No. And I think it's that irreverence that went with it. The combination of hardcore realism with that with that and the profanity and the electric sex of the uh, lamp along with the fantasy sequences, Ralphie's fantasy and the comedy. It's I can see where you're going with that. And it also called back to those old radio shows, too, and how exciting they were, and kind of has that same feel for it, too. But then again, do we consider uh, a leave our own as Diesel Punk? I don't know about Diesel Punk because it is based on history in the Diesel era. I think you're right. Uh, even though there were women's league of baseball teams. Right. So they created some fictional teams, but you're right. I think there's too much realism to it to be Diesel Punk. Um, yeah, that's the same way I feel about the movie Swing Shift, which I think was one of the first movies I ever saw out of the Diesel era. Oh, yeah. Uh, a good comparison to what is and what is not, Super Punk always says, uh, Saving Private Ryan, I would not be right. Punk, but I would say Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, both war movies, both very good war movies, uh, but, but Saving Private Ryan is hyper-realistic. Whereas Inglorious Bastards, it rewrites history. It's a fantasy. Uh, so I think that's a good comparison between what is and what is not. And now, a disclaimer: when I say when I say what is, what not, that's not what the 
So recently some discussion, especially on these Punk HQ, the Facebook page, about people trying to say, well, this is Deeper Punk, or this is Steampunk, and that is not, and you know, your punk is not the same as my punk. And um, I've always been a little hesitant to say that I have the last word on something. I don't. As well. So anyway, a little disclaimer there. Okay. okay, I have a question for both of you. All right. Now, now, you know, talking about diesel punk movies and, and the diesel punk era. Besides, like the normal, the the obvious choices, what is one of your favorite, like rarities or like? Not not so popular, diesel punk movie. Jason, you want to go first? Well, gee, um, my favorite one is not considered a rarity, so I'll have to give it a think. <laughs> well, while you give it a think, I would say Richard III, Ian McKellen. Really? Yes. Mostly, a lot of people don't even know about it. Now, you know, and, there was a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream set in the Diesel era. Yeah, there was, with a lot of big things in it. Yeah, uh, I liked that one. That's good. But, Ian McKellen, you almost can't find the DVD. I have one of the few copies that you can find them, but you're going to spend well over $100 for it. It's extremely rare, hard to find. And I have one of the few copies before they kind of all disappear. And it's, uh, well, Richard III set in a 1930s England, and he becomes a neo-fascist dictator. So fascism rises in England and not Germany under Richard III. And, of course, we all know Ian McKellum is extraordinary in everything he has. Has a net bending in it, has yeah. uh, Robert Downey Jr., in it, fantastic production. If you can get your hands on it, I highly think so. I think Ian McKellen would be my hard to find little uh, diesel pump paper. I I'm gonna have to say mine may may or may not be diesel punk, but it is set in that era, and I would have to say Chaplin. Okay, yeah. That's a good Because I love Robert Downey Jr. I, do I, I think he's a phenomenal actor. And I, I just, I love that whole, I love Chaplin. I love, I love all the old Chaplin movies. And it's like, it, I, I thought his portrayal was amazing. And the, the, the interesting little, little, little history and the trivial trivial facts about the actual production of the movie like his mother is actually Charlie Chaplin's granddaughter I did yes that. wow wow learn something new every so day that, cool. that was like one of the last little tidbits I found out about the movie and I was like that makes me love it even more that they actually, that the family actually signed off on it and the granddaughter actually played 
her grandmother, her great grandmother. In Robert Downey Jr., I was, you know, when you look at the photos of Chaplin about when he wasn't in character, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, uh, there's a lot of resemblance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. To Chaplin. And so that, of course, you combine that with, well, I pointed out, you know, he's a great actor. And uh, he's really cool at all. And it's a great script. I mean, this is an all round hits on all cylinders top of the Very much so. Very, very much so. Uh, hey, have you been able to link this up? Uh? Well, <laughs> I can, uh, I have a, a movie with an interesting story. It's a French animated movie, and the title translates to uh, and the Mockingbird. Has you ever heard of it? No, I haven't heard of that. Well, they started animating it in 1948, which is why I'm wondering if it really falls in a category or not. But it was never finished. Oh. And through this, and at some point, um, it was released unfinished just so they could make their money back in 1952 under the name The Curious Adventures of Mr. Wonderbird, which is in the public domain, so you could find that anywhere. But it wasn't, you know, in line with the... Um, with the original vision for the movie. The original vision for the movie wasn't really released until um, the 1980s. And it's based on a Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale, uh, The Shepherd is in the Chimney Sweep. But if you're watching it, you will see that it has some diesel punk elements. Again, I hesitate to really call it diesel punk because it did the project did begin in 1948, but it took years and years and years and years to finish. It's one of those movies that took decades to get released the way it was supposed to be. I mean, you have um, some um, shades of, you know, fascist royal dictatorships, and you have, you know, giant diesel punk style robot. And it's uh, it has elements of diesel punk in it. I don't see if it, I wouldn't know if it's pure diesel punk, but it is something that people interested in diesel punk might want to check out, especially if you're into animation. That sounds fascinating. What's the name? Repeat that for our I have lost my baby. I think. Uh oh. I think we lost. Uh oh. What oh. happened? Hey, okay, girl. There you, there you are. are. Where were we? Where uh, were we? Uh, let's see. We were. I was asking you to do us a favor and repeat for our listeners the thing of animated uh, movie you could talk about. Okay. The name of the movie was uh, The King and the Mockingbird. And there was a. Um, there was a low-budget release done, you know, real hurry, 1952, called The Curious Adventures of Mr. Wonderbird. Now, it wasn't what the director originally did, but it's in the public domain, so it should be pretty easy to find, even if you just want to look at the animation. Well, you know, the, you talked about dates, and is it diesel, is it not? Depending on who you talk to, does that, you just opened up a great door. We talk about decadence. And I said, and I'm mean, like it's like the 20s, 30s, 40s. Well, that's a little broad. Uh, some start what we call the diesel era. I think Johnny does this. 
at the sinking of the Titanic. Um, some, uh, like myself, I have it thought kind of gradually where it kind of sort of includes World War One, kind of come right. down. I think maybe the sinking of the Titanic is where it starts the handoff. It's not the cutoff, but it's where steam starts to pack up and get out, and Diesel is looking at the house and considering buying it. Yeah, it's a poke in the eye to the uh, romantic, uh, we can do anything mentality of the Victorian. Uh, we're indispensable. We, we, we can't be defeated. We can figure better, higher, faster. Um, and then comes the question then, okay, when does it end? Now, some, and I'm hesitant to speak for Stone Wilson, but I think I recall correctly, uh, I do know some ended at Hiroshima, uh, the first atomic bomb. I would say uh, the handoff starts around that point, yeah, because the World War II era and the 1950s, the fears were very different. Whereas uh, I place it uh, with the Korea, uh, the first armed conflict, uh, proxy war, the first proxy war, so to speak, uh, with Korea. And so it fades off in Korea. Um, okay. So I always say it uh, starts in blood and dies in blood. Uh, others, now again, I don't want to speak for uh, Johnny. I want to say that Johnny stretches it into to up Sputnik. Yeah, that's a bit late as far as I'm concerned. But again, you know, people have different ideas about uh, when it begins and when it ends. I agree. Now, so, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just rambling saying that in answer to your question is, is to kill the king and the mockingbird? Is the king and the mockingbird really diesel punk is it's post-diesel. By some standards, yes, it is. 1948 would be okay. outside the window for some individuals. I think because it is unusual and it continues on and was never really completed, I go 30 years, um, makes it so unique and unusual, it could probably fit into that since it kind of continued on and had that unusual history. I would have no problems on it. Okay, well, one thing that's come out really recently that we know is diesel punk, and that I said, uh, that I saw when we were talking earlier, you said you wanted to talk a little bit about this. We've got an update on the next season of Agent Carter. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Some, uh, some of people may already know about this. Uh, I'm just now, uh, while prepping for this, uh, broadcast, I did a little looking, wondering where we were in the new series. And at a website, Den of Geek, and they are simply loaded with Agent Carter updates and some interesting details. Really? What yeah. was the name of that website again? Den of Geek. Den uh, of Geeks. Yeah. Okay. And they have a specialty site dedicated just to Agent Carter. And also they got some, looks like some inside scoop and been watching some of the interviews about what uh, 
season two is going to be like. Let me see. I'm going up here right now. I know. I know. Um. So far, all I know about season two is that it's going to be set in the Hollywood era, Hollywood area, and yeah. uh, I heard that there might be some illusion or something similar to the Black Dahlia murders. Well, here's what I've seen so far. Yeah, they're moving her from New York to L.A., and now that's a big that's a big deal, I think. Uh, they're also adding a new. Uh, villain. I don't know if she's going to be okay. an ongoing baddie or if this is going to be a new story arc the way they did season one. Because uh, I know they left us at the end of season one with the villain was in jail, but he wasn't quite completely knocked down, was he? No, he wasn't. This villain is going to be one that uh, turns out comic book fans may know about. Madame Mask? The who? Madame Mask? Oh, I've never heard of that one. Uh, they spell her last name, her name, M-A-S-Q-U-E. Madame okay. Matt. And uh, so she's going to be, according to this website, uh, at least in the beginning, I don't know if she's going to be through the whole time, the new villain. Okay. And, uh, and one, one preview I saw, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't uh, Agent have uh, yes. Uh, let's see. It looks like Daniel Souza has gotten quite a promotion to SSR for Agent Carter Season 2. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Chief. Daniel Souza has been promoted to Chief. They show okay. a picture of his door. has his name, and above it says Right. Daniel I saw that, too. Right. I agree. So, you know, uh, we got cool stuff coming out it sounds like uh right. i still can't find a date for it have either one of you found a date as to i haven't seen a date no i don't i don't think they've actually had a release date yet for that all i know is that it's going it's a mid-season it is a mid-season show that will take, uh from the break of uh ages of shield and they'll take that like, like that two month break that they usually take there, of January, February, and going oh. into like early March. Okay, so like the same as it was this year. It was in January yeah. through March. Yeah, right around the same oh. time. I and, gotcha. So the kind of writing. So when people, uh, agents of agents of Shield are having their withdrawals, <laughs> uh, the idea is that they're going to try to capture that particular fan base. Yes, yes. Okay. Also, also, he, here's something that I I'm I find really really neat is uh, I don't know if you guys know what Dub Smash is. It's like oh yeah. Uh, well, the cast from Agents of Shield, uh, Clark Clark Gregg, and uh, the other lead, Daisy, and. Uh, the leads from the leads from Agent Carter have a dub smash war going on for charity. Yeah, I've seen that, which I think is pretty interesting because if if you've seen any of them, they've had like Steve Rogers show up and uh, a few other of the big names on their on their dub smashes. 
I just thought that was pretty interesting. Oh. Hey. Okay. Now, uh, wow. Now, uh, of course, with uh -oh. uh, <laughs> of course, with Johnny not here, um, Daisy, do you have any uh, comic book or Tim? If you know any, I don't keep track of the comic book uh, community that closely. So, do either one of you have any comic book news that you can feel from that? I don't. I'm not a big uh, comic book follower, but I will. Um, we may be talking about this more when Mr. Wofford joins us because he wanted to talk about this book, too. But with Johnny not being here, I think it might be a good time to talk about John's book. What do you think? Oh, that is a fantastic idea. You Have you read it yet? I haven't had a chance. Have you? I, I, you know what? I started reading it this morning. It's a book that will not let you put it down, so I'm already done with it. <laughs> oh, I'm, oh, oh, you got my... I mean, first. the action in this book is just completely nonstop. Look, when you're 20 pages into a book, and you've already got time travel, psychics, magic, gangsters, vampires, Nazis, and Cthulhu within the first 20 pages, <laughs> you're in for a wild ride. And I mean, the ride just keeps on going. It is a... Uh, it's a really fun read. I think you will really like it. And um, I think uh, just recently on Audible, they've also released an audiobook version of it. And uh, what Johnny had to say about that was it basically sounds like it sounds like the way he heard it in his head while he was writing it. So if you can't read it, at least listen to it. You know, Audible being one of our sponsors, you can download a trial book at audible.com slash dieselpoweredpodcast and you might download his book Tales from the Flipside by John Pica mm -hmm. also known as our big daddy cool Johnny De La Roca it is, Go ahead. It's, a, it's a fantastic book it makes me want to write one of my own which you know it's a good book if it makes you want to do something too but I mean you're going to love it and I have a feeling we'll be talking about it more soon but I uh, He's got a great big world built, and uh, I, I have a feeling this is not the last we're going to see from this book. It was released by Pro Save Productions just about a month or so ago. I think the first copies were out at uh, River City Comic Expo when we all met there. Very, very cool. I'm so glad you brought that up. And, of course, uh, not only are we sponsored by Audible.com, we also check out our other sponsors, Happy Amp and Blue Microphone. So, uh, fantastic. And way to go, Johnny, on such a great, great novel. I'm going to have to pick that up. And Audible's perfect because uh, I take the bus every day now. And that gives me something to listen to as I'm uh, uh, trying to make it home among the great unwashed. So, oh, you're going to uh, love it. There you go. Fantastic. You'll be laughing out loud and everyone will kind of edge away from you because they'll think you're crazy. Yeah, hey, that, that's how you make it home safe. You know that, don't you? Make sure everybody will think right. you're crazy and they'll be Now, Larry, didn't you say that um, there's a couple of things that have recently started up again, like uh, a site that a, a thing that uh, you seem to be quite a big fan of, the Diesel Punks After Dark? Yes, ma'am. Uh, Diesel Punks After Dark is back. And we are dirtier and grittier than ever. Diesel Punks After Dark is one of my sites. It, Diesel Punks After Dark, if you love 
well, there's two versions of, the, of that thought. There's the family-friendly version, which is all PG-13 or PG, and uh, you'll find it on Facebook. And it's mostly just pinup art. Cool pinup art, a lot of pinup from the uh, visual era, but also some contemporary pinup. But it all meets the PG standard of uh, Facebook. That being said, if mm -hmm. you're over at King, you can visit mm -hmm. our website, Geekapunk After Dark, and uh, we have uh, the more risque uh, material, and a lot of it from that era. And, you know, there's a good reason that they'll, that the saying that, you know, but Geekapunk, you know, because theme wasn't dirty enough, uh, which is our byline, too. Uh, at the site. Uh, so, yeah, uh, check out, for example, right uh, last uh, weekend, we posted a burlesque performance by the burlesque uh, dancer, Charlotte Fruit. Okay. At the 6th Annual New Orleans Burlesque Festival. Now, so, I, I got to ask, Larry, I mean, all this pinup art is great. All these pretty gals, they're all... They're inspiring. They look like they could kick some serious butt. They look great. But do you have anything for those of us who like to look at fellas, too? I do. There's something called boylet. Ever heard of such? It is a, I have not. It, it's exactly what, uh, what it sounds like. It's guys from boylet. And in fact, it's a little dated, but back in July, on July 12th, we... Uh, Loaded a uh, video of a San Antonio boyless dancer, Jeffa. Okay. And, and as it says on the site, it will make you reconsider milk as a style drink. Milkman boyless. So there you go, Daisy. So yeah, it's right. visit our website, dieselpunkafterdark.blogspot.com. Now, don't you have another blog that's just come back to, or my mistake? Oh, you're absolutely right. I sure do. Um, Looking over all these notes. <laughs> my own blog. I am back. Uh, as you noticed, uh, our fans may have noticed, it's been a few episodes I haven't been able to take part in. And uh, my life's a little chaotic at the moment, although some of the chaos is starting to settle down. And uh, I had to stop blogging for a little while, but my blog is back. Uh, oh. I back, and I thought, uh, again, that's weekend, uh, at my, uh, which, you know, I think Johnny bought me a, a URL domain, blogger.com. You can also find it at deeperpunk44.blogspot.com. I will, my newest blog post is about the internet radio station BigBlueSwing.com, a non-profit internet radio station playing swing and blues music 24-7. Uh, so... Sounds like my So it is, uh, so I'm back on the interwebs, folks. Woohoo! Indeed. So there you go. See the punks at the door. We do a lot of uh, burlesque, a lot of pin-up, a lot of blue uh, stag pictures from that era, a little boy-less, like I was telling Daisy, and my blog is back. So, 
thought. So I got a question for you, boss man. Uh, the radio station, is it an internet radio station or is it just like a local radio station? It is internet. Ooh. Uh, you can get it a variety of uh, uh, ways if you have a PC. Uh, their website is web.bluswing.com. Okay. They also, also Big Blue Big Swing. Blue Swing? I'm sorry. So it's called Big Blue Swing. Big Blue Swing. All right. New mobile device, uh, TuneIn.com carries it. The TuneIn app. Yeah, I use that. Yep, uh, TuneIn app. Uh, it's a little odd, this radio station. They play a red swing, red foot swing, uh, some pure diesel pump music like uh, the great stuff, and then they will slip in some contemporary gospel. But out of the blue, probably you might say it, it might be more of James Brown from the Blues Brothers movie. Uh, <laughs> so it's pretty good stuff. Uh, so, you know, you don't mind an occasion, but I'm going with it. I'm going to be right It's a big Sounds like that. It's the soundtrack of the December. Oh boy, December. Yeah, baby you knows what I'm talking about. The big, uh, the big one. Yeah, uh, December 11th, 12th, 13th, Biloxi, Mississippi. You want to be there for Gigonomicon. The cast of our podcast will be at Gigonomicon this year. We'll be recording. Yeah. Lots and lots and lots of panels, marathon mm-hmm. panels, back to back to tell. Uh, so we'll be doing a case show too, right? In a USO dance? That's what I hear that we get to be. Uh, I've heard all kinds of cool stuff. We're still waiting for the schedule. Still waiting for the schedule to tell us what all we're going to be doing. But I keep, uh, right. Johnny keeps teasing, teasing us with uh, hints as to what we're going to be doing. Right, uh, right. At, at the convention. Uh, but. He's already got me good with stage fright, but I gotta play the ukulele on stage for the first Uh-oh. time. Uh oh, I look forward to that. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Lots and lots of cast. Uh, lots and lots of guests are gonna be there. Uh, it's gonna be December 11th, 12th, 13th, Biloxi, Mississippi, Geeko, Namacon. Their website is mynotgeek.com slash Nomicon or just Google Google Nomicon and you'll find it. Yeah, yeah. There's a, they have discount for the hotel. It's going to actually be at the Gulf Coast Coliseum Convention Center. Right. In um, tickets are going fast. Would love to meet you in person. Yeah, I would love to meet you all there. And uh, not only is the Diesel Powered Podcast going to be there, but so is um, the steampunk group from Memphis, which I'm a part of, the Clockwork Mechanalist. And the Mechanalist have just kind of uh, merged with um, the Mid-South Buccaneers, which is a local pirate group. So I'm not just a diesel punk, but I'm also a pirate. So, uh, Diesel Pirate Daisy may be uh, debuting at Geekonomicon this year. 
fantastic. I look forward to that. This is going to be a lot of fun, uh, a lot of opportunities for Diesel Punks to get to know each other and meet each other. Great chance for you to meet us, us to meet you. Thank what? And um, we're going to try and set the world record for most Diesel Punks in one place. That's what I heard. That's what I saw Which, Johnny talk about. I don't know what the world record is or if there is one. I didn't know there was one. I guess yeah, that has to I'd, be a person. I'd ask Johnny, you know, what is the record we have to beat? And so I guess there isn't one yet, but there will be That's once right. Geekonomicon happens. Hey, they, I guess if they're going to have the uh, Guinness Book of World Records there to take a number, there has to be some fake robot. Right. I was there last year, and I took part of the most steampunks in one place record. Uh, don't tell nobody, but I was actually dressed in a diesel punk outfit that day, but they counted me anyhow. <laughs> there you go. Most steampunks I know are pretty, are pretty cool with uh, diesel punks showing up. Yeah, yeah. Might be time for us to start kind of wrapping it up. What do you think, baby? Yeah. I'd, I'd say you're about right, you know. We've been going solid for about an hour. And just when we thought, oh, no, there's only a couple of us. What are we going to talk about? Once again, we made a great show. <laughs> there you go. I think so, too. I think so, too. Okay. Well, I tell you what. Um, tell you what. Daisy, you start us with uh, taking us out. All right. Well, once again, we want to thank our sponsors, uh, Blue Mike, Crazy Amp, and Audible.com for helping us out and uh we want to thank you the listeners for uh listening to our show downloading it and uh getting us all and sharing us with your friends uh, we have recently just passed the 100,000 download mark which i think johnny told us that recently and i've only been on the show for about a year but i just want to say thank you thank all of you out there for listening and i can't wait to meet you this year at geekonomicon Fantastic, fantastic. Hey, Tim, you want to say anything to take us out? You know, I just want to say it's been a pleasure being on here. And I'm not sure. I may I may be popping in and out of here for the next few weeks while Johnny's Johnny's away. But, uh, you know, it's been fun. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start becoming more of a uh, not-so-background guy. Just, ha- just getting the feel of this bad boy. And I've had a lot of fun tonight, guys. You guys knocked it out of the park, baby. So thanks for having me. I appreciate that, Tim. Fantastic. And thanks for joining us. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, folks. Well, we are uh, at the end, and I tell you what, um, you know, as uh, anybody that's been watching news right now, they see what's going on in the deep south, in South Carolina, that's mad money. But you don't have to go that Check on your neighbors. Check on the senior citizens down the street. You know your neighbors. I hope you know your neighbors. Good. Take care of each other. That's that's what life is all about. And on that in, on that note, uh, on behalf of Tim, Daisy, and myself, I'm going to say good night, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side, as Johnny would say. Distracted, my man is acting like a heartless good fun.
a showdown When I think of him, how much I love him I got a desperate notion That's the way I feel today My heart is aching Because he's making a plaything of my devotion That's the way I feel today Without any reason Or a word to say That man turned his keys in He packed and went away What good is living I'll soon be giving my body up to the ocean That's the way I feel today